reaching Israel and the world. Welcome and shalom aleichem, peace to you, beloved ones. Cynthia Marjorie, great to be with you today. Great to you be with you. You shared with me before we began broadcasting that you really felt the Lord was leading you to bring the Bible with yeah. you on set. Yeah, yeah. It's, I just felt the Holy Spirit telling me, you know, these are times that we have to hold tight to the Scripture and that He just wanted me to hold it tight and just a, a word to our people that that these are times that we have to keep this word close at hand. Mm. And as we keep this word close at hand, no matter what winds are against us, this word will make us soar as we feel the pressure of the winds all the, that come against us, that this word will help us soar above it mm. in the supernatural spirit of God that provides a way when it seems like there's no way. Amen. You know, trials can actually be a blessing in disguise because when we're in a trial, when we're in a test, it forces us to rise up, take a hold of the Word of God, yeah. seize God's Word, yes. begin to use our faith and declare it over our lives. And God will actually use the trial to bring us up to the next level, yes. to train us as warriors and to refine our faith. Amen, amen, Lord. We just pray that you would come today, Lord. Just come during this broadcast, Father. Just come in your spirit and speak your word. Give new vision to your people that they would rise up in your word. Baruch Hashem, I'm excited to begin season three today of Messianic Prophecy. I really want to encourage you, if you didn't watch season one and season two of this series, please go back and find it on YouTube. You can get it through our website, discoveringthejewishyist.com, because I lay a really important foundation for understanding Messianic Prophecy. I'm not going to go into great detail as I briefly review right now, but for the benefit of those that did not watch season one, and season two, and for those that just need refreshing. In the first two seasons, I began to explain that understanding the nature of messianic prophecy is more sophisticated than many realize. Many people assume that all messianic prophecy is predictive in nature. In other words, many people think that there's 300 prophecies about the Messiah in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament, and that all 300 hundred of these prophecies somehow are predictions that Messiah would fulfill when he came into the planet. But the reality is not all messianic prophecy is predictive in nature. In today's episode and then going forward in season three, we will be focusing on predictive messianic prophecy. But in season one and season two, I talked about the fact that much of messianic prophecy is not predictive, but rather is showing how Jesus fulfills the entire Hebrew Bible through types and shadows. You see, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, as Israel's divine representative, as Israel's divine king, repeats much of Israel's history in his own life. And so I ran through the lives of the biblical patriarchs and other key biblical figures in the Hebrew Bible or the Tanakh, and I showed you how their lives were shadows 
of Messiah Jesus. For example, we looked at Abraham and the story of Abraham giving his only son Isaac up to the father. And we examined how both Abraham's life and Isaac's life foreshadowed Father God sending his son. We looked at Abraham as a type of the father and Yeshua being a type of Isaac who willingly offered up his life. We looked at the life of other biblical figures like Moses. The scripture said in the Torah to Moses, the Lord said, Moses, I'm going to raise up from amongst your brethren somebody like you. And whoever doesn't listen to him will be cut off. And we talked about how Yeshua is the one that the Lord was prophesying to Moses about. We looked at other shadows. For example, we looked at the theme of blood in the Torah and how all the different sacrifices that involve blood in the Torah pointed to the ultimate sacrifice that Yeshua made when he gave up his own blood so that you and I could be brought into relationship with God. We looked at the Levitical priesthood. We looked at the story of the bronze serpent in the Hebrew Bible and how the children of Israel, when they were dying, were told to look at that bronze serpent that was lifted up high for them to see. And when they looked at that bronze serpent in the wilderness, everyone that looked was healed. In fact, I indicated that that bronze serpent is actually the symbol of medicine today. Many people don't know when they look at the medical symbol in the United States today of the serpent wrapped around the staff, that actually comes from this incident in the Torah. And we focused on the fact that Yeshua actually referred back to that incident and saying, even as the children of Israel looked upon the serpent, so too, he said, everyone that looks upon the Son of Man as he's lifted up will be saved. And so all these prophecies that I've discussed just now, they were not necessarily predictive in nature. They didn't tell us, for example, what city Messiah would be born in, what time he would come in. They were just shadows. They showed us that the lives of the Hebrew patriarchs were shadows of the type of life and ministry of Yeshua. I also talked in season number two, an earlier season in this series, of what we call typological prophecy. And what we mean by typological prophecy as messianic prophecy is that typological prophecy is prophecy that we have in the Hebrew Bible that was fulfilled in some measure, but is ultimately fulfilled in the person of Messiah Jesus. And so an example of this would be in the book of Isaiah chapter 7 where we read that, behold, the virgin would conceive and give forth a child and, and that this child would be such a ruler and such a, a key person in the life of Israel. And according to our, our, our scholars, according to Judaism, this child that Isaiah referred to in Isaiah 7, 14, he was already born. He was actually Isaiah's child, most scholars believe. And so now we're saying in the New Testament that that verse was not referring to Isaiah's son or even Hezekiah's son, as some believe, but that verse was actually referring to Yeshua, that he was the son that we were expecting when the virgin would conceive. So which is it? It's both. You see, the prophecy in Isaiah 7:14 was fulfilled in a lesser way during Isaiah's lifetime. 
either being fulfilled in Isaiah's son or in Hezekiah's son. Scholars differ as to which one they think the prophecy was alluding to. But then the scripture was fulfilled ultimately when Miriam or Mary, Yeshua's mother, gave birth to him. And so typological prophecy is prophecies, once again, that were partially fulfilled in the Hebrew Bible, but they have their ultimate fulfillment in the coming person and ministry of Messiah Jesus. And so, again, messianic prophecy is not all predictive in nature. It's sophisticated. That's why Jesus, we read in the book of Luke chapter 24, had to take his disciples on a journey through the law of Moses and all the writings in the Hebrew Bible to show them the things that were written there that were actually about him. You see, you can't always see messianic prophecy jumping right out of the page. It takes the Holy Spirit to be able to peer underneath the surface meaning of the scriptures to see the person of Yeshua there and to see the hidden prophecy implanted. And so the scripture says that Yeshua took them on a journey through the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their eyes to see that all those scriptures ultimately pointed to him. Later on, the disciples said, were not our hearts burning within us as he showed us these prophecies in the scripture? Think of it this way. At the end of the day, the entire Bible is aimed at the person of Yeshua. In other words, the person of Jesus is what the entire Bible points to and finds its climax in. And when we understand that the entire Bible is pointing to Jesus, we can better understand how all these types, all these shadows, all these biblical heroes that we read about in the Torah and in the Prophets and Psalms were ultimately about Jesus because the aim of the Bible is all directed towards him. So I covered all those themes in great detail in season one and season two of Messianic Prophecy. I want to build tonight by speaking the most simple but profound thing that I could say to you. Jesus loves you. Yes, you are. I want to ask a question right now. I want you to be honest with God. Who's here tonight and the Lord is convicting your heart? You need to release somebody. You need to forgive them. You need to let them go. If that's you, would you raise your hand tonight? Wow, so many tonight. I felt the Holy Spirit leading me and prompting me to take a significant amount of time to minister on the need that we all have to forgive people that have hurt us. I want to lead you in a prayer. I want those that are able to, to come up here in this empty space. Come quickly, please. And so we culminated by helping people to understand how to forgive, showing them Jesus on the cross, speaking, one of the last things he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we taught people how to release that same forgiveness on those that had hurt them. And then concluded just by worshiping the lamb that was slain from Revelation chapter 5. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Lift your hands and worship him. Come on. Worthy is the lamb. Come on. 
In John's third letter, verse 8, he encourages the body of believers to support those who have been sent out for the sake of the truth. I want to ask you to become a monthly partner in the Lord with Discovering the Jewish Jesus. As you know, we've been given an opportunity to bring the good news of Messiah Jesus through television and on the ground outreaches all over the world. We can't do it, beloved ones, without your help. If you believe in us, if you believe in God's call on this ministry, I'd like to ask you, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of Discovering the Jewish Jesus? What I want to do today in season three is I want to begin a journey taking you down the road of what we're calling, beloved ones, predictive prophecy. By predictive prophecy, I'm talking about specific declarations, specific passages and scriptures in the Hebrew Bible that gave us almost scientific information about where Messiah would be born, when he would die, things that we can measure. Yes, this is very scientific. We understand it's predictive in nature, and we can objectively substantiate that Yeshua fulfilled it. So let's begin now looking at predictive prophecy. As we examine today the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, under the concept of the fact that the Hebrew Bible told us that Messiah would be eternal. Now, I want to point out before I actually read Micah and other scriptures that will corroborate, I want to point out that today within Judaism, we believe, I'm not speaking, I'm speaking of traditional Jew, Jewish people, they believe in a coming of Messiah. It's one of our 13 tenets of faith as Jewish people. Maimonides had 13 tenets of the Jewish faith. One of them is we believe perfectly in the coming of Messiah. It's part of the Jewish articles of faith, you could say. But what Jewish people believe is that the Messiah is not eternal. They don't believe that Messiah is God in the flesh. They believe that Messiah is just a man. In fact, what Judaism often teaches is that in every generation, there is potentially a Messiah. But it just depends on the climate of the Jewish people, their level of spirituality, how seriously they're taking the Torah. It's that that determines whether the potential Messiah will emerge. And what traditional Judaism, beloved one, believes is that Messiah, again, he'll just be a man, and his mission will be to turn the Jewish people back to Torah observance. So their view of the Messiah is lesser than we that are believers in Yeshua HaMashiach and Jesus. Because we believe that Messiah is not just a man, but we believe Messiah is also God. And it's important to declare that we are not saying that Messiah, when we speak about Jesus being fully God and fully man, we're not saying that God is a man, but we're saying instead that God, the eternal God, clothed himself in humanity. Even as I spoke about in one of the earlier seasons in this series, we find the life of Abraham in the story in the Torah, in the book of Bereshit or Genesis, how suddenly three men appeared in front of his tent at the Oaks of Mamre. And one of those men is identified in the Hebrew text as Yud, Hey, Vav, 
hey, which are the four Hebrew letters that comprise God's personal name that the Lord spoke to Moses. When the Lord said to Moses, Moses, your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they knew me as El Shaddai. They knew me as God Almighty. But Moses, by my personal name, and then God breathed unto Moses his personal name. And we're not exactly sure how it's pronounced, but Semitic scholars believe it's pronounced a breathy Yahweh. And again, it's composed of the four Hebrew letters, yud heh vav heh And so in the book of Bereshit, we find these three men appearing in front of Avraham's tent. And one of these men is clearly defined as yud heh vav heh What happened? Are we saying that God's a man? No, but we're saying that God appeared as a man that the eternal God clothed himself in humanity. And so we as messianic believers, those of you that believe that Jesus is the Messiah or the Christ, we differ from traditional Judaism in that our understanding of Messiah is that he's eternal, whereas the traditional Jewish world, they don't believe that Messiah is God clothed in humanity. Let me read you, however, despite what the traditional religion of Judaism today believes, let me show you in the scriptures what the God of the Hebrew Bible said. So we're going to the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Hear the word of God. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And so the Lord is saying here, one is going to come forth from you, Judah. One is going to come forth from you, from Bethlehem. And who is this one that's going to come forth? It's the one whose going forth has been from the days of eternity. So when we consider messianic prophecy, when we consider what does the Hebrew Bible tell us about who Messiah will be, what it'll look like, we learn, beloved, from the Hebrew Bible, from the prophet Micah, that Messiah will be eternal. So my point again is, despite the fact that traditional Judaism does not understand Messiah's eternality, we do, and we see it rooted in the Hebrew Scriptures. Listen to what Isaiah said, also obviously a Hebrew prophet, reading from the ninth chapter, and the sixth verse, hear the word of God. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And so again, Isaiah is prophesying about this son that will be given. And how this one that's going to be given to us, to Israel and the world, this son is going to be called Mighty God, Eternal Father. So we learn in the Hebrew Bible that Messiah will be eternal. And of course, Yeshua himself fulfilled this messianic prophecy. Listen to what John tells us in John 8:58, as he records for us the words of Yeshua. Jesus is speaking here. Here's what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Messiah is speaking here of his eternality, of the fact that he is eternal. 
And of course, in the Gospel of John, we have something so straightforward, we can't miss it. Hear the Word of God, John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The 14th verse in that same chapter goes on and says, and the Word became flesh. We're talking about messianic prophecy. We're talking about how the Hebrew Bible told us how Messiah would be eternal, that it would be God himself. And now we're seeing here in John 1, 1, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word of God. And the Word was God. And then in John 1, 14, and this Word who was God, he became flesh. This is who Jesus is. He's God clothed in humanity. Now, I want you to consider this as we close today and the blessing that we can receive into our spirit from this understanding. Not only do we see messianic prophecy being fulfilled here so that our faith is built up, knowing that our faith in Jesus is rooted all the way back to the book of Genesis, but I want you to hear this closing application. Because Yeshua is fully God and he relates to God as God, and also because he's fully man, and because he's fully man, he can relate to you and I that we're born human, he becomes the perfect mediator between God and man. He relates to God as God because he's God. He relates to man as a man because he's also fully man. And he becomes the perfect mediator then, beloved ones, the perfect bridge to bring you and I, who are human, into a relationship with God, the divine. Jesus is the way. That's why Yeshua said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father but through me. He is the bridge to the Father. And he took our sin, and if you know yourself well, you'll realize there's evil inside you. Evil thoughts, evil attitudes, thoughts of hatred and accusation we have sometimes towards other people. The lives of selfishness that we have to fight against living. The things that we've done in our life that we're not proud of, that we're ashamed of. The good news, beloved, is Jesus took all that evil. He took all our sin in his own body on the tree he took our sin away from us, though our sins were, 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 the, were the darkest of night. He made us white as snow. And because of Jesus, because he took our sin, fully God and fully man, in his own body on the tree, you and I today, beloved ones, stand before the Lord, holy and righteous, because Jesus took our sin into his own body, and we stand before the Father now. Listen, holy and blameless before him in love. Father, I bless your children today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for messianic prophecy. Father, we thank you for teaching that roots us in the word of God because of the confidence that it gives us to be able to stand before you, to know that Jesus has truly taken our sin away. And because of him, Father, we now stand before you holy and blameless in your love. Father, we thank you. King Jesus, our Messiah, we thank you. We love you, Abba, in Yeshua's name. Beloved, when I examine myself under the light of God's Spirit, I'm challenged by the life of Abraham. 
Abraham entered into the fullness of God's blessing by surrendering Isaac, whom the scriptures call his only son. What a total act of surrender and sacrifice. What that teaches me is if I'm going to enter into the fullness of what God has for me, I also need to live a surrendered lifestyle. The rubber meets the road oftentimes in this area with our finances. Many of God's children are not fully surrendered to Him in the area of their finances. Beloved, let's trust Him. Let's honor Him. And let's give Him what is due from the first fruits of our wealth. If the Lord is using Discovering the Jewish Years to bless you, and you feel the Holy Spirit knocking at the door of your heart to present an offering to Father God through this ministry. Beloved, just be obedient, and when you do, you'll open your heart for Father to pour His blessing into your life. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Give by credit card at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, Many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh <laughs> May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. How could three persons be one and also have a relationship? Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi shares about the simple yet complex nature of God. Don't miss this exciting episode.